where the lines between fantasy and reality are blurred. One fantasy football podcast stands tall above the rest. Balling on a budget. We are back. Woo! It's John Skelly and Fritz Reininger. Took last week off because, you know, the Dolphins weren't playing. They were on by. Why should we play? So why, why, why do we work if they don't have Yeah, to? what's the point? If the Dolphins aren't involved, you know, there's just no point. No, but seriously, we're back and we're happier than ever. Uh, thanks for everyone listening, sticking around, following us on Twitter. Yeah, we've been getting some great feedback on there. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to jump into the news here, cover all the injuries and suspension news. We're going to do our takeaways here for week six. And, yeah, it's a jam-packed show. What do you got to say, Fritz? Uh, I'm glad we're back. Uh-huh. Got uh-huh. a lot to cover in the short time that we've got to cover it. Again, like you said, thanks for all the people that are listening uh, and sticking with us. And hopefully we can uh, tune you on, turn you on to some uh, good stuff this week to help you win. Fantasy Takeaways Week 6. Do yes, it. sir. Let's jump right in. Let's jump into the news here. Plenty to cover. Start with injury news. Bengals head coach Zach Taylor is non-committal on AJ Green suiting up this week against the Jaguars. Wouldn't even really comment on if he's going to practice, but we all know he got in some limited practices last week. So if he's able to step that up to full participation or even just a full week of limited practices, there's a good chance maybe we'll see him this week against the Jags or at the very best next week, right? Yeah. Or very worse next week. Did it hurt him? It looked pretty good. What, the Bengals? Oh, A.J. Green. I was, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, but my mind was somewhere else. That would be fantastic. They do need. They need him. Yeah, they I was like, need yeah, him. they looked. They looked. I didn't hear something about tra- some some uh, trade talk though <laughs> that they might be, and he said something like he was going to be happy with wherever whatever he goes, being very diplomatic about the whole situation. We all know he's going to end up winning a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Patriots. Ravens rookie wide receiver Marquise Brown's ankle is considered day to day, according to Coach John Harbaugh. 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 Har- <laughs> Ebron. Ebron. Berber. <clears throat> um, yeah, Mark, uh, Marquise Brown's <laughs> not easy to say either. Anywho, it's day-to-day. They said uh, if he's practicing, he will probably suit up this week against the Seattle Seahawks. It's a pretty burnable secondary this year so far, so I would fire him up in that matchup if he is able to come back. That's actually who I was, thought you were t- talking about when you said A.J. Green. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why I was like. That makes a little more sense. Yeah, like, that's why they didn't need him. Okay, go ahead. Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, quote, probably, unquote, won't practice Wednesday, says Coach Doug Peterson. <laughs> uh, so they definitely missed his speed on the outside against the the, uh, the Vikings. They were they had no rhythm the whole time, and this there's something really clunky and. Just awkward about the Eagles' offense. Ertz isn't getting the ball as much as he used to. I mean, they were... Uh, Wentz, Wentz misses a lot of throws. It's really you know? weird. It's it is weird. weird. Uh, Patriots have re-signed Ben Watson about a week after cutting him. Uh, I guess Matt Lacoste and Ryan Izzo weren't getting the job. Izzo! 
Indianapolis Colts wide receiver Paris Campbell was not spotted at Monday's practice. So coming off of a bye, he's still not able to practice off that uh, abdominal Where could he be? surgery. Where could he be? In Cabo. Yeah. With the Steelers going on by this week, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. (laughs) Jeremy Fowler reports Mason Rudolph is eyeing a week eight return. So he'll be back. Hey, and there's a steal for you. Here's a quick note for you. If you guys are looking to stream a defense, uh, when they come back, they play Miami. Uh, I believe it is that next week. So uh, if you got room on your roster, go ahead and go grab them right now. I'm thinking about doing that. Uh, keeping them if I, on my roster so that they come back and just dominate if you need defensive help. Yeah, seriously, this is the time of year as we head into the middle of the year where you got to really start thinking a couple weeks ahead. If you want to win your championship, everyone else is just setting their lineups for this week. you got to be thinking about your lineups two, three weeks ahead and just be ahead of all the rest of your competition. And believe it or not, they actually have one of the best, uh, I think, one of the best... Um, uh, schedules going forward as far as defensively goes. They've got Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo, and the Jets. And Miami's after the bye. So it's Miami, Indy, the Rams, and it goes Cleveland, Cincy, Cleveland, Arizona, Buffalo, and then the Jets. So some beatable, you know, some great points there on and the board. And that Pittsburgh's pass rush is ferocious They're, too. They've so. been getting at it. So if you have a space, go get them now. Yeah, my dad was remarking yesterday how the the Steelers' defense looked like the old steel curtain of the seventies. They were yeah. just uh, the defensive line Pink was Joe just Green. knocking Jack dudes Ham. around. Yeah, those are the boys. New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram got in a practice Monday. So did running back Saquon Barkley. So there's a chance for both to play this week against the Cardinals. Although it's not looking good for wide receiver Sterling Shepard, who beat reporter Ralph Vacciano called a long shot. Vacciano. Yeah. Hey, Paisano. I was going to say Vacchiano, but I, actually, I had a slip of the tongue. That's okay. That's and, okay. But it's a 50-50 shot. That's right. Hey, you know. yo. You know, I, I, uh, uh, I'll touch on my game. That's one of my games was the Giants-Patriots game, and I'll touch on Daniel Jones uh, in that one. But uh, it, it's only good news for him. Right, uh, correct. Uh, so, so that's good. Good, good for them. New England rookie wide receiver Nikhil Harry. Man, that's say that ten times fast. <laughs> is slated to return to practice this week. Uh, we all know they've been struggling at wide receiver with Dorsett and uh, what's his name? Josh Gordon, Gordon struggling with knee injuries. So uh, Nikhil Harry will be welcomed back with open arms. That's cool. Yeah, with that Gordon injury, that's another one on there that I'm touching on. You really got to... Uh, Monitor what's going on. They actually brought in a, a wide receiver, another wide receiver already, I'll, and I'll touch on that during our games. Yeah, uh, if if you're in a position where you need a wide receiver, you got a roster spot to kind of burn. I would go pick up Nikhil Harry right now because there's a chance he Before comes back. Before or after the Pittsburgh defense? <laughs> That's up to you on what defense you have. If you have New England's defense like me, you probably don't have to worry about. Be good. It. NFL Networks Ian Rappaport's Reports, there's optimism. Sammy Watkins will return week seven against the Broncos. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Don't care. Fool's gold. Fool's gold. (laughs) One good game, you put him in, you stick him in, and then it's, you know, it's it's the new Juju Schuster Smith. You should have traded him. We all should have traded him after week one. Juju? No, Sammy Watkins after he had those 200 yards. Right. The third worst passing defense in the league gets a big boost this week with the return of Patrick Peterson to the Arizona Cardinals coming off his six-week suspension. I know that's your boys, but I 
I, I, I don't think they're not as scared to, to challenge Peterson anymore as much as they used to, but they do need the help, and it's, it's a welcome sight for the Arizona Cardinals. It can only sure. help, yeah. Cowboys wide receiver Amari Cooper has a thigh bruise, and according to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, he's in, quote, terrible pain. You know, giddy up. You know what time that means, right? Time <laughs> to gallop away, baby. Yeah. Go pick up gallop, because that's coming. I thought it was going to be this week, actually, when he got injured, and uh, he got out of a pretty dismal game. Well, Tavon Austin had a pretty good game, but I wouldn't suggest chasing that production. <laughs> right. Todd Gurley has a chance to return this week, according to reports. Okay. All right. So only one week out with that mysterious quad issue. I think it was more like his knee, arthritic knee, was mm. swelling up a little bit. They had to let it uh, simmer down. Simmer down, now boy. <laughs> Emmanuel Sanders in Denver, uh, his knee should be okay. They said he might even be able to play this Thursday night. Yeah, well, who are they playing? Uh, that one, I don't know. I uh, had all these other ones correct, but uh, I don't know. Sure I can't remember. I've got I them on two of my playing... teams. I should know. Yeah, I should know. If it's a divisional matchup, I think. Uh, and it's it's not somebody that I'm actually putting them in against. I'm pretty sure it's the Chiefs. Let's see. It is the Chiefs. Denver Chiefs? Denver Chiefs. Yes, it is the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I'm not putting them in uh, because he's just he's, he's fallen off. Uh, obviously, Cortland, Cortland Sutton as your boy mm-hmm. that you called that one. That was a great call. Oh, uh, fantastic! Should have picked him up when I had the chance, but he is definitely their number Same. one. And uh, uh, Manuel Sanders falling off, falling off a little bit. I got Golden Tate in there right now, and I'm deciding whether between Crowder or uh, Tate as my number three right now. We have some terribly depressing news here. Will Disley potentially out for the rest of the season with a ruptured dissed. Achilles. <laughs> that was good. Go yeah. get Hunter Henry if somebody hasn't already got him. Go grab him. Or Jared Cook. If he's out there um, next week, I forget their matchup, but the week after that, he's got the Cardinals, Ooh, who every, oh tight end, every tight end in the league. Tight he's, end gold. Yeah, so uh, Jared Cook's another option for him. And, and, then, and then you got Breeze coming back so yeah. soon. So if you also have the roster spot and you're in dire need, uh, Breeze will be back. Uh, I guess he's starting to grip the football now again, so that's that's a good sign. That's definitely that's a good start for a quarterback for sure. Uh, so that might be somebody down the road. Just keep that in mind. If not, just just that you know, Breeze will be back. And lastly, Mitchell Trubisky's back at practice. That will make all the difference in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Bears the Super Bowl. David Montgomery, twenty-five PPR points <laughs> next week. Calling it now. All right, so that's it for the news. Cool. Lots to lots we covered. Let's jump right into our week six takeaways. Take away, take away. Week six of the NFL season. We are doing our fantasy takeaways. Uh, we took the week off. We reflected. We said, you know what? It's too late in the season now to be doing winners and losers. We all, everyone knows who the winners and losers are already. That's right. So we're gonna do our fantasy relevant takeaways. Let's start things off with Let's the Giants. Let me hit you with real knowledge. And Patriots. Nick, after this week, we are halfway through the regular season of fantasy football. Uh huh. Fifty percent of our season is over after this week. Wow. So just think about that when you're making your uh, your rash decisions. Do it. 
like I said, yeah, got us. We're getting down that home stretch where you gotta start thinking a couple weeks ahead, and you gotta really start looking at all your players who has good playoff matchups and who doesn't. Yep, for and sure. Not necessarily just trade away your players Daniel that have the Jones. bad ones, but yeah, gotta start looking at all that stuff, especially if you're expecting to make the playoffs. For sure. Anyways, sorry I took up a minute of your time uh, here. Let's good. do the Giants. Let's Patriots. just jump into that. Uh, Giants Patriots Thursday night game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for the first half of this game, the Giants actually came to play. They I was really impressed. It was yeah. really nice, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Jones did his uh, 15 for 31 for 161 yards, one touchdown and three interceptions. Oof. That's not – the numbers are really deceiving uh, okay. because Jones had – his front line gave him a lot of time to throw. Uh, he hooked up with um, with my boy. Golden Tate. Golden Tate. And he didn't get mono. That's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, for six catches for 102 yards and a touchdown um, because all the other big playmakers were out, obviously. So this gave them time. I'm hoping that this is going to translate into moves down the or, you know, the same kind of game plan or at least some trust in them going forward. Um, with Tate? With Tate, yeah. Correct. Because especially with you just saying, telling us in the injury report that Shepard was out, is going to be out, so that he could become now their number one, uh, our number two after Saquon, I would say, and Evan Ingram. So it's going to be a nice, healthy healthy balance, and it also takes some pressure off of just Tate. Uh, plus, they were playing the number one defense. So On uh, a short week. On a short week. So, I mean... Uh, it was pretty fantastic to watch him throw. Some of his, his, his throws were nice. There were a couple of tip balls that, that were uh, his interceptions, so they weren't all his fault. Um, but So I think, it was, uh, I think it's very promising going forward. Once he gets all his weapons back and he gets a little more comfortable, it might be like weeks 10, 11, and 12 when he starts to really get comfortable, almost like a Baker Mayfield last year, what he did when he started putting up three and four touchdowns every weekend. Uh, right but he's the also, But he's also got a great... Uh, Great playoff uh, season or whatever, playoff weeks. Um, if you go look at that, there's some nice defenses that he's going to play. So check that weeks out, Weeks 14, 15, 16. For Daniel Jones are really nice. Uh, the, Di- the Giants defense played solid this week. Um, I was really surprised. Uh, they yeah. were able to get after Brady, uh, and they made it probably three-plus quarters. They made it a game. Uh, they were only down by one touchdown. Actually, two of the touchdowns scored in this game were by the uh, Patriots' defense, not the offense. So if if you actually take those away, it was gonna be, it was fourteen to twenty one is really what the score was of this game. So it was, really wasn't that much. Um, they limited Brady to no passing touchdowns. They got one interception. He had three hundred thirty four yards passing, but no passing touchdowns for Brady. That's kind of huge. That's a good. That's good for for a secondary to be able to do that. They did give up three rushing touchdowns. And like I said, the two defensive touchdowns, uh, and that's on the Giants. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm think it's positive going forward. I like Daniel Jones. I told you, you know that I am. I've been pretty high on him. Not high, high on him, but I think he'll be a good bye week fill in, especially when he gets all his weapons back. I think he'll be nice. Uh, as far as on the uh, Patriots side of the ball, really quickly, Tom Brady, of course, made it all about Tom Brady, uh, scoring yeah. his two touchdowns and becoming the oldest player in history to ever do that. Rushing touchdowns. Yeah. So it's like, go ahead. Become, you know, yeah. go ahead, bro. Uh, there was a Sony Michelle <laughs> sighting, by the way. Uh, he had 22 carries for 86 yards. He was actually a little, used a little bit in the uh, passing game with his two catches for 27 yards. So that kind of blew me away. But yeah, the, so at one point they threw the ball to Michelle and then they ran the ball with James White in the right. next play. You're like, I was what? like, whoa, what, what? the bizarro world? <laughs> uh, so the only problem is that he's not getting the goal line carries and those are going to Bolden. So, uh, it's bizarre. Or Burkhead when he's in there. Right. 
You know what? And they also had they had that same amount. Sonny Michelle and actually Brandon Bolden had the right around the same amount of points, fantasy points. I think Sonny Michelle had like thirteen and Bolden had twelve. Um, Bolden is touchdown dependent, but if he is getting the the goal line carries uh, going forward, he might be the guy. He might be a good flex play for somebody that needs somebody down the line, like in a clutch. Like a gonna, Jeff Wilson. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Who's who's vulturing those things? Right. Uh, worry about you got. I'm worried about George Josh Gordon. Like we said before in the uh, injury report, they already brought in Quincy Abadayo. Abadayo. Oh wow, that guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about that Gunner. No, he's he was guy. he was on the team already, but they also oh, okay. brought in on Friday for oh, okay. a workout. So that leads me to believe that maybe Nikhil Harry isn't as far along as we think, and maybe Josh Gordon's injury is more or or worse than we actually think it is. It looked pretty bad. So that's what I got. Uh, Patriots are Patriots, but I like the Giants going forward. I think they're going to be positive. Yeah, a lot of credit went to the Bills' defense for how they played against the Patriots a couple weeks ago, but now with the way this terrible Giants defense played against them too, I'm starting to think maybe the Patriots' offense is is just not that good this year. Maybe. You know, especially with their struggles at wide receiver. Or watch the Giants and see if you can stream them maybe if you need an emergency defense. If they stepped up to play the Patriots, or maybe it was just they stepped up to play the Patriots. Correct. It could it could be a one week fluke for sure. Right, a one week wonder. We'll move on to the Steelers at Chargers. Uh, the Chargers, I think they're cursed, dude. I oh. think the that uh, their stadium, that soccer stadium they play in, is built on an Indian burial ground <laughs> because <laughs> every week they shoot themselves in the foot and they have to dig themselves out of a hole. They start the game off this week with a backwards pass recovered by Steelers rookie linebacker Devin Bush for a touchdown. Then a river sidearm pass gets tipped up at the line and intercepted. Boom. Just like that, they're down 14. And with that offensive line, there's no coming back from even a two-score deficit. They're screwed. Not to mention every one of their home games is a sham. The entire stadium this week was filled with Steelers fans and their terrible towels. What? This poor team plays 16 road games every year, and it's clearly starting to take its toll. All at home. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I, I was. We were talking about this earlier, and I think it's actually Melvin Gordon who's kind of cursed them by coming back. They were playing really well, uh, and and they had their game script. They knew what they were doing, and then now trying to fit him in and game script it around him. The, the, you know, I I I don't see him being as good as they they were without him, which is really weird to say. They got to go back to Eckler. Yeah, or just you trade him away. Go get something that you can while you can. Uh, I mean, because this is not helping his trade stat, his trade uh, stock right now, the way he's playing. Whole lot of Benny Snell in this one for the Steelers. Did see that. I wouldn't totally panic just yet if I'm a James Conner owner. Yeah, Benny Snell had 17 carries. Uh, Conner had 16. But Conner also had seven catches. So, um, Anywho, uh, I wouldn't panic if I have James Conner. It's, but it is starting to become clear that it's not going to be like last year where he got all the touches. Uh, whether it's Snell or Samuels, it's starting to look like Connor really was telling the truth this offseason when he talked about the coaching staff lightening his workload. Snell makes for an interesting handcuff option due to Connor's injury history, but we can't forget Samuels does come back in three or four weeks, so I would leave Snell on the waiver wire. Yeah, I'm not going and rushing out to pick him up because it, it, it is... It's obvious that they're going through Connor. Connor's the number one. Yeah. I mean, you know, I you know, I was a Connor hater or or, or a disliker mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, I wasn't taking him in the first round. I was thinking maybe late second round. Um, and it because of what we were saying, it it looks like it is coming to fruition. The whole 
the 50-50 balance or the lightning of his butt. You know what? He's doing... He's, he's still, do, with, still his, with what he's doing, he's mm-hmm. doing it, man. He's still doing it. So, <laughs> I, so as much as I didn't like him, he's still putting up great numbers. So if you got him, congratulations. That's that's awesome. Real quick, Devlin Duck Hodges. He wasn't awful in real football, but he was awful for fantasy. Hopefully, Rudolph is back healthy. Uh, looks like I said in the news, it seems like he will be back for their next matchup in Week 8. So that'll be good news for Juju Smith-Schuster owners because he only had one catch in this game, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah one terrible. for like eight yards, or yeah. nine yards or something. Right, it and it came hard. like in the second half, I believe. That's terrible. All year, Austin Eckler had been electric but looked like the magic was all gone this week as he just couldn't break any big plays while splitting the load with Melvin Gordon. Like you talked about, trying to fit Gordon into this just messed everything up. He uh, Eckler had eight touches to Gordon's 11 but neither player can find running room behind this awful offensive line. And now that they're both catching balls out of the backfield, it kind of leaves you with neither of them being great fantasy plays. Yeah. I'd sell them both. I'd sell it on I don't even both. Know if, I don't know if anybody's buying. I think you could probably get more for Gordon just because of the name. But I think Eckler's time has come and go. Come like, and go. just cut him, right? I, I'm, I've actually thought about that in I, one of my legs. I did cut him this morning. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams had some nice grabs, but Hunter Henry was the real star of the show in this one. His two touchdowns didn't come till late in the fourth, but hey, we'll take it. Yeah. Uh, the first grab was a fantastic, impressive catch, too. Toe tipper, wasn't Toe it? Toe tapper, Toe yeah. tapper. Uh, <laughs> tipper tapper. As long as he can stay healthy, this is exactly the kind of production that was expected of him before the injury, and we should see it the rest of the year. He's a touchdown machine. I love it. Got him in two leagues. Like I said, I might have go Kelsey Hunter this week in one of my legs, in my flex. One be too crazy. One two one one. All right, let's go into the Panthers Buccaneers. Let's let's get to the uh, where are we we're over in the the pond. We went to the no, other side. No, to of the the, the Spurs Stadium, hey, Hotspur Stadium. Hotspur Stadium. The tot. Hello, the tot for Tottenham. <laughs> uh, so that's a horrible accent. Uh, yeah, so this whole sec- segment we've got to do in our <laughs> British accent. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, just kidding. So unlike most uh, games that you have over in the London area, this one actually had some scoring. I was really impressed. And they, mm-hmm. the people of London they, they, who came out to see the game, they got lucky on they this like, one. They were like, rub it in a hole. Right? My God. it was Because uh, usually it's like 10 to 3 or 3 to 0. You know, and it's like, oh, great, because I always hate it when my it's team like is Bortles playing over there. throwing four touchdowns, and it's 28 to 3. Yeah, or, just, <laughs> or, yeah, or yes, exactly. And nobody has Bortles anyway, so right. no one's starting them in that league. So well, this Except one? for Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Goldie. Shout out to Goldie. Uh, so this one, the Panthers got out to a 10 nothing lead early, uh, and the Bucks tried to, to, to stay close, but they were just no match uh, defensively. And and then towards the end, more offensively, um, the Carolina pass defense, they they freaking they, good. They pressured Winston all day long. I don't think he ever looked comfortable in the pocket. He was always breaking the pocket, breaking containment, uh, or you know, it was just they had the defense had seven sacks, five interceptions, and two fumble recoveries. <laughs> yeah, that makes for a long ass day. Yeah, and uh, I played against them in fantasy, but so that was not great. But it was not it, good it does, at all. Their Panthers defense is for real, and it's made me feel a lot better as a Cardinals fan about the Kyler Murray's performance against them a few weeks ago, where he held his own for the first half, right? And then through those two interceptions in the second half, took a bunch of sacks. But that you know, 
he played he fared well for a rookie going up against that kind of defense. Yeah, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be proud. I'd be proud. Of that. I mean, they gave up 400 yards passing to Jameis Winston uh, and only one touchdown with that. So that's huge with Mike Evans and Godwin as your receivers. But they, on, they only allowed 42 yards rushing. So if you're going up against with uh, and your running back is going to go up against uh, the, the Panthers defense, make sure you curtail your uh, what you want. Or what you're thinking that you're going to get, bring it down a couple points. Because, like you're saying, they are for real. They are going to stop the run. Mm-hmm. And I think they got up a little bit so that they were playing a little bit off with their uh, with their coverages. That allowed Jameis Winston to have those 400 yards. Kyle Allen was efficient. Uh, I never, I don't think he was really great in this. I mean, he was 20 for 32, 277 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, the Panthers on a bye week next week. And I don't know what's going to happen to... Um, I didn't know he threw an interception. Oh, wait, no interceptions. Right, right. Two no touchdowns and no interceptions. Correct. And, and Panthers are on a bye week. So uh, at 4-0 and with Allen as their starter, what's going to happen with when Newton's healthy? Are they going to bring him along a little slower, knowing that with this great defense that they have, they're going to be able to, you know, stay uh, relevant in their division? Um, so we'll, that'll have to just, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Uh, Winston looks shaky. The O-line looks, still looks horrible. Um, he still got 12 points in fantasy, even with his 400 <laughs> yards passing and his five interceptions. Uh, Chris Godwin is still, still the, still the king in Tampa Bay. He is, uh, number one in fantasy. He's got the most receiving yards. He's got the most receiving touchdowns right now. Yeah. Most receiving, uh, fantasy points. John and I were both on him early. Fourth in- round, baby. In the, in the drafts this year, so hopefully you guys listened to us then and, and jumped on him because uh, you're not getting him. I think he's definitely the number one. He's 1A to, to Evans 1B. Uh, he just continues to get open. Evans and, had a good game, though, too. He did, have a, he did have a good game, 87 yards, something like that, 97 yards, 92 yards, something around there. Um, around 20 they, fantasy points. They both had great games, but I still think Godwin, with his 150 yards receiving, is still their number one. They still can't find any running room in uh, – in in Tampa Bay, the front line is a mess. Um, their did their defense did their best, um, with the O line committing those seven turnovers or their offense committing seven turovers They really didn't have any. They, they there was they yeah. they just couldn't do anything. You with can't them. win. They, no. they held uh, they had they held fifty nine yards rushing total with Christian McCaffrey, um, and the two hundred twenty seven yards passing and the two touchdowns. So that's not bad, uh, but they still got they still lost um, after the bye week. Tampa Bay has road games against Tennessee and Seattle, so I don't think their running backs are going to be anything, uh, get anything uh, anytime soon. I'm not going out and targeting them, but uh, Godwin and Evans should still see plenty of work uh, over those next two, three weeks after the, after the bye. Yeah, I've been really up and down on Ronald Jones all year. I was like, oh, I wish I would have grabbed him, and then the next week, oh, good thing I didn't grab him. And then next yeah, week, t- oh, man, he had a big game. He had a touchdown run, Yeah, and it, he looked like a beast in that one little run that he had. But then again, the O line can't. But then open Barber any. gets more carries, it's and then crazy. gets Barber. Yeah, so it's 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 a, an avoid backfield to avoid. Absolutely. Um, let's move on to the Seahawks at Browns. This is a backfield you do not want to avoid. Nick Chubb looks like a video game character out there, bouncing around, cutting, starting and stopping. His acceleration's insane. He's a beast, man, and there's no doubt his huge day helped vault his fantasy owners to victory. He had 20 carries for 122 yards and two scores, but to me the most promising part of his day was his usage in the passing game. He caught five balls for 17 yards against the Hawks. 
even after Kareem Hunt returns from suspension and takes a few looks away from him per game, I think he'll still be locked in. Chubb will still be locked in as a weekly RB1. And so you took him fifth overall in our draft. I know you're probably feeling pretty good about that. I am, and what was my bold prediction? That he would lead the league in rushing this year. Oh, yeah. And he is... uh, Let's see, I'm bringing it, trying to bring it up right now. He's only a couple yards behind. He's in the top five, right? Top three. Number two. Okay. He is number two. He is behind Christian McCaffrey. Uh, we're bringing it up. Rushing yards. Rushing yards. Let's go. Rushing, Rushing yards. yards. Here do, we go. Do, do, he do. is 11 yards behind Christian McCaffrey as the number two rushing yards in the NFL right now. And guess who my number three is? Leonard Fournette, the, oh, other the other bold prediction. prediction. So you like, you covered your yourself. You're like, in case one of them doesn't happen, the other <laughs> I'll take I'll chance on the other one. And now they're both happening. And it's both hap- It's happening, baby. Woo! Yes. <laughs> All right, but uh, let's uh, let's move on to the Seahawks here. Sucks that they wasted a first round pick on Rashad Penny, huh? Yeah. Just a total waste. They don't need him. No, because guess what. Chris Carson's number five in rushing. Yeah, 504 <laughs> rushing yards on the season. He is lacking in the touchdown department, but yeah, they don't need him right now. Chris Carson is a man amongst boys out there toting the rock. Every week he impresses, man. Suck. They don't even need Penny. I'm thinking maybe when he gets back from his hamstring, they trade him away, you know? Yeah. If there's enough interest. Oh, there's Firestone. OBJ <laughs> had some killer drops in the first half, but he rebounded nicely, finishing the game with six for 101. Uh, overall, he's been disappointing this year, though. The whole offense has. Uh, I think there's, there was a lot of talk about this in the offseason. Can they live up to the hype? Will they get into their heads? They're reading their own cr- press clippings, and uh, so far it's looking not looking good for the Browns. Baker Mayfield's three interceptions were unacceptable, although the last one was not his fault. He's now second in the league to Jameis Winston in interceptions. Wow. There goes one of my busted bolt predictions right there. <laughs> the highs and lows. Yep. Yep, yep. Every week, uh, it was highlighted uh, Baker Mayfield's shortcomings, his, his lows as a quarterback were really highlighted this week playing against Russell Wilson. I have it here like, Russell Wilson, every week he makes the opposing quarterback look bad just by comparison because he's that good. Yeah. You know, we watched this young quarterback on the other side of the field struggle to know when to run, when to throw it away, when to try and make a play, when to force it. And then you see uh, Wilson come out and he just knows exactly when to do it, when to slide, when to run, when to throw it. And it's the same thing. I felt the same way watching the Cardinals and Seahawks with Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. It's like these two, no matter who the young quarterback is they're playing against, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson make them look bad because you can just see what experience means to a quarterback. And he always does that. And I'm always, you know, I've I've been down on him. I never was big, didn't take him a lot. And then you you look at the end of the year and he's like, oh, he's a number five quarterback. And you're like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, every week he's extending plays, uh, throwing down the field with accuracy. He might be in he the MVP, in. MVP uh, talk. Absolutely. This year, him, Mahomes, and Watson. Yeah. And then last thing about this game, the refs absolutely killed the Browns in this one. Every big play they had got called back on penalty. Felt like I was watching the Chargers. Ooh. Ouch. Zinger. Ouch. Let's go to a heartbreaker. (laughs) From a zinger to a heartbreaker. To a heartbreaker. The Redskins and the Dolphins. Everybody picked this one to be a rollover victory, I think, by the the Redskins. I think everybody... uh, 
everybody was thinking that the Redskins were going to come out. And I, I did. I thought Case Keenum was going to come in and just kind of take control of this game. Thrash him. Uh, you and I have been really high on the Redskins' defense. Uh, and they did play a good game. Yeah, their D-line came in and savage, ravaged uh, they played fan- Josh Rosen. They played fantastic. Uh, but uh, you know who else played fantastic, believe it or not? The Dolphins. The Dolphins' D showed up for this one as well. Because they knew this was their only chance. And, you know, and, and it was a game up until that last minute, and I think that the Dolphins should have kicked the field goal to tie it and then take ride the momentum going into the overtime period instead of going for that stupid two, two-point conversion to Drake. Uh, who just well, they're trying to lose, dude. They're trying to tank. I don't. Are they though? I think they were. They were looked, trying to win. It looked like it at that it like, point. Bleh, bleh. It really so, looked like uh, they're trying to lose when they call a screen in that situation. That was too. horrible. They should have just kicked it and gone in and tried to win. So the Dolphins, uh, D, they only allowed three hundred and eleven total yards. Uh, unfortunately, on two of those plays, two of them were touchdowns. <laughs> um, Rosen looked horrible. Horrible. Uh, although, uh, what did I say? And I said, but I said, although John and I have uh, been fans of the the, the Redskin defense, we thought they, you know, were going to yeah. step up this year. And at the time, they flashed real, real promise. That O line against that D line, no quarterback would stand a chance. You didn't think, no. Well, the, exactly. Uh, Fitzpatrick is definitely the better quarterback in Miami, right. and I think if they're going to continue to want to lose, then they're going to send out Rose and continue to send out Rose. And I think they realized that 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 he actually might win a game for him, and uh, they said, screw that. And they're like, we're putting Rosen out there. Uh, Kenyon Drake had 13 fantasy points, six catches for 30 yards, and 10 rushes for 40 yards. Uh, Mark Walton actually looked kind of good in this He's one. on my radar. Is he? Okay, no. well, there you go. Now, yeah. There you go. See, perfect. So uh, I think he leapfrogged Kalen Balazs, possibly, mm-hmm. but Kalen Balazs, Balazs still had the, the goal line vulture, carry. The yep. mother of son of a motherless goat. Uh, I, I think <laughs> Keenum, Keenum is still horrible. Uh, I don't know. I, but he's their best quarterback. He is their best quarterback. Yeah. Hands down. Hands mm. down. I mean, he would, but because those those games where he's throwing up 300 yards. I think that McLaurin is keeping him fantasy relevant, though. If there wasn't for Terry McLaurin, I think he would just be. And I wish I would have picked up McLaurin uh, earlier. I think this we year. all do. Yep. We all do. I wish I, I would have as well. Uh, and then AP. What can we say? AD all day. All day with AP. Adrian Peterson coming all day. 23 carries, 118 yards. Uh, I believe this is his 55th game over 100 yards. Um, I think that might be the last sighting of Adrian Peterson because in the next three weeks you've got the Niners, Minnesota, and Buffalo as their next three games. Wow. So I don't see a repeat of this anytime soon for Adrian Peterson. So then also for fantasy, keep in mind, Niners... Minnesota and Buffalo, if any of those defenses are out there, pick them up for streaming this, these next three weeks. And like I said, Buffalo's a good one to pick up. Pittsburgh right. is the other great one that you want to pick up because Buffalo's got Miami. Oh, I just said that. Miami and then the Redskins. Mm-hmm. So that's two great games in the next three weeks for Buffalo. Right. Um, yeah, Minnesota and Niners are probably already taken, but Buffalo, if they're out there, pick because them up. Because they're on the bye. Mm-hmm. So people have dropped them, so go ahead and check that out. Oh, okay. Grand damn, it's a good take, man. Got Shit. you. I got you. Yeah, one thing I wanted to squeeze in here about the... Uh, squeeze it in, John. <laughs> about the uh, Dolphins here. You know, Rosen, someone tweeted out uh, how in the morning before the game started, like, uh, you know, 
Rosen shows enough flashes. That I don't think they need to draft a quarterback next year. Uh, <laughs> you know, they should just draft players around and build around them. And then after the game, I went to go look it up, and it was deleted. It was not going to find it. Oh, so uh, I just thought that was funny. Maybe maybe it was his mom. <laughs> maybe it was mom. And even his mom took it. Back. Trying to do some positive reinforcement <laughs> for before the game. She'll send it out again next week. Right. We'll try again next week. All right. Uh, let's move on to the Battle of the Birds. <gasps> Here in uh, the desert, Falcons at Cardinals. Okay, okay, it's official. Every single week, no matter who it is, whatever tight end is playing the Cardinals, start them. Stream it. This week, Austin Hooper went off on him with eight catches for 117 yards and a touchdown. One goldie his game for him. Start your running backs against this Cardinals defense, too. Last week, Joe Mixon looked great running the ball, and then this week, Devontae Freeman pretty much revived his career with 22 total touches for 118 yards and two scores. So the backs and the tight ends and the receivers are killing them, but now we get Patrick Peterson back, the Cardinals do, so maybe not start your wide receivers against them every week as a surefire start, but tight ends and backs... You know, even as a Cardinals fan myself, when I see that matchup, I got to start them. I'm putting them in. Putting them in. Putting them in. (laughs) Putting them in, taking them out, putting them back in. Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley both had solid games with Mohamed Sanu kind of taking a back seat in this one. But again, this Cardinals D just is not stopping anyone. Lucky for them, they get Pat P back next week. This was definitely Kyler Murray's best game as a pro. The Cardinals' offense was rolling in the first half with five straight scoring possessions to open up the game. Uh, listening to the, uh, I was, I went to the, I went to KFC, uh, shameless plug at halftime, and then driving there, uh, listening to the sports radio, they were everyone, they were just raving and gushing about the Cardinals' offense and Kyler Murray. They couldn't believe it. They were going over the numbers. There, there was just no bad numbers. It, it was just a perfect half, first half was offensively. Was that Ron Wolfley? It was. I bet it was. It was, <laughs> it was Ron Wolfley, my boy. Uh, Dave Passion, Ron Wolfley. Uh, but then they opened up the second half with three straight three and outs and allowed the Falcons to claw their way back into the game. Their terrible defense just could not get a stop. But Matt Bryant missed the game-tying extra point. K1 then iced the game with a third and five scamper, enabling the cards to run the clock. His mobility is a special trait, and the Cardinals are slowly but surely learning how to harness it. You know, Because he's small, you can't have him just running all around the yard taking hits. But they're, they're, they're figuring out week to week how to properly use him. I thought he stepped out. Oh, short? Yeah, I think he did too, but I think... I think his, his toe, his, his, other, his right foot was out before. They didn't, they don't have, they didn't have the camera but angle yeah, that's what the, they're saying. Well, no, that's the truth. If you don't have a definitive angle, then you can't definitively say for sure. And that's for weird sure, that short. usually they always have then that angle. For some reason, they didn't have that angle today. It was really uh, interesting. I think they need to start <laughs> going all like... Cameras sit right down the line for all for right down the sideline. Well, they yeah. have the one that, that goes down the center. The pylon, yeah, yeah. Or oh, they the, have the yeah. pylon one, but yeah. they have the one over top. You know what I mean? Why don't they just have two that go straight down the the the, the sideline from up high, and they can just right. zoom bird's in on, eye view, yeah. right, on all times. Mm. So, well, they did say they were going to go for it on that fourth down if they didn't get it. So, uh, who knows? Who knows? What Good job! Great job! Congratulations, Cardinals. 
Chase Edmonds, last point. He's electric, man. As great as David Johnson was in this one, I was hoping they'd put Edmonds in at the end of the game to seal the win. I was, Me and my dad were both screaming at the TV, put in Edmonds, dude. <laughs> All year he's been playing with his hair on fire. Yep. And as the season progresses, I think we're going to see a real role emerge for the second year back out of Fordham. They'd be stupid not to. He's Like you're saying, he's electric when he touches the ball. He's a playmaker. It reminds me of like a... It reminds me of me. A young me. (laughs) He's like a young, slightly less handsome me. That's right. (laughs) A little bit lighter. More chiseled. Uh, Speaking of chiseled, Gardner Minshew. Oh, had a horrible game. Uh, Let's go to the the Saints and the Jaguars with that mustache man. Yeah. Garden. Garden. Gardner Minshew. Throwing my mustache in the garden. Uh, This was a really low-scoring defensive game. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, I, I Bridgewater was was really uh, he was. I think he was very. Well, I can't even read, serviceable. I can't even read my own writing, but he was serviceable. He was he was hitting his, <laughs> his mostly his short and intermediate passes, but he wasn't really trying anything. I can't read that either. Well, I know, right? Long, <laughs> long uh, down the down the field. The Saints have definitely simplified, obviously, the game plan um, with him. Uh, and, and Breeze being out, and it's worked for him, obviously, because they keep continue to win. Defense and special teams have stepped up. And that's what they're doing. And, and they've been. And I was high on them. I, I think I drafted them in one of my leagues of Saints defense. I've, I've streamed different ones in and out, but I always seem to keep coming back to them. I probably should have streamed them in this one. They, they put up some really good numbers. Um, with Alvin Kamara out or banged up, we saw a rare kind of Latavius Murray um, sighting and usage in this one. And it, he, uh, they both gained, let's see, he was outgained. Kamara was outgained by Murray 44 to 31 in this one, and they had the same exact air yard or through the air, 35 yards. Uh, Latavius Murray had four less targets or four less catches. Kamara had seven, and uh, Murray had three. So he got his use in because he was, you know, they were ahead and they were, you know, trying to control the clock, I think. Um, I have him in one of my leagues, and I've been reluctant to drop him just for this reason right here, uh, because if Kamara does go down, there is a huge role for him there. Um, for Murray, yeah. For Murray. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't want to put him back out there. I know they've passed up on other players, just thinking that it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Yeah, um, players like Terry McLaren. Like McLaren. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, yeah. He's like a, he's like Madison in Minnesota. Yeah, you kind of you want you want to keep him. Yep. You don't want to drop him because there's the, the the one when you finally do drop him, he's gonna somebody's gonna get hurt and you're gonna miss out on him. Uh, as far as the uh, Jaguar side of the ball, Gardner Minshew kind of came down to earth. Um, yeah, it was inevitable. He only had 163 yards passing in this one, no touchdowns and an interception. Uh, you know, this was the first week that. There was pub- public national chatter about could he steal Nick Foles' job? You know, will, oh, really? You know, like really? now that was this was the first week that was actually out there well, everywhere, guess what? and then he he crumbled after this. Yeah, there you go. He's having Nick Foles. He syndrome. had the Nick Foles. That's syndrome. right. They was finally giving him the reins, and then he crumbled. So uh, the Saints defense were was able to keep um, Fournette out of the end zone, but he still had like seventeen point eight fantasy points, depending upon what your league was. Uh, so he was still he put up good numbers for you catching the ball. Yeah, he had a lot of he had a nice few catches. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I think that uh, Michael Thomas had sixteen point nine fantasy points. He was eight for eighty nine. So uh, going forward, I think he's still a, a low end one, high end two, and this one until Breeze gets back. 
Uh, Kamara's obviously when he's healthy, he's still going to be their their focal point. I think they're going to try not to to give too put too much on the Overload plate him. for for Bridgewater exactly. Um, so until Breeze gets back, hopefully you guys can you know keep these guys in check, and these guys will it'll help you win your games. But I wouldn't put too much on your plate. I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock in them as being the the number huge number ones as as when Breeze gets back, and they, hopefully that's going to be in two weeks after he gets back up to the after the bye. Yeah, it's, they like you said, he is holding a ball now, football now, so that's good. Yeah, <clears throat> let's move on to a barn burner, a heck of a game, the Texans at Chiefs. Oh. This was a good, entertaining one with all the injuries on the offensive line and Sammy Watkins out. You know, the Chiefs really needed Tyreek Hill to come back and produce, and boy, did he deliver! Ooh, that catch! He had five catches on ten targets for eighty yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, that first catch was uh, on a touchdown? free play. Yeah, he mossed the defensive back, that was impressive. He immediately gave the team a boost, but ultimately it was not enough to win the game. The Chiefs' defense, especially run defense, is a huge problem still. Yep, I'm streaming anybody that's playing the Chiefs' defense, and unfortunately I didn't think, didn't do that uh, with Hyde this week, unfortunately. I went with, Ec- I went with Eckler. Ooh. I still won my yeah. matchup, thank okay. God. Uh, but... Uh, that's but, unfortunate. Yeah, because I didn't listen to you. You yeah, told me to. You asked me, Eckler. You, you, you told Hyde. me. Yeah. The Chiefs' backfield is a mess. Seems like they've gone full-blown running back by committee with the two D. Williamses and LaShawn McCoy. If you drafted Damian Williams in the second round like myself, you got to be kicking yourself, man. Yeah, I just got rid of McCoy and picked up Hunter Henry right before this game started this weekend. That was a good move because McCoy had eight carries. The other two each had one. But so technically McCoy had the best game, but neither of them did For like anything. Like forty three yards or something. Well, Williams caught a touchdown, and that saved me. Right. So I'm looking to trade. I put Williams him in as my flex as well. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking to trade Damian Williams if I can, and the same with McCoy if he's not on the waiver wire. Um, Carlos Hyde is starting to work his way. Hey, we were just talking about this. Boom. He's really starting to work his way into the weekly RB one discussion. I can't believe I'm saying it, but. Yeah. He's been on a tear, and as much as football Twitter wants Duke Johnson to get the ball more, I really like what they got going on here. The Texans have a nice thunder and lightning one-two punch with the two running backs locked into their respective roles. You know, it works for them. And that's Unfortunately, why, you're right. That's Yeah, that's why I don't I, – I understand the fantasy people wanting more Duke – but if it's working for them, you know, don't don't. I don't, I don't think they want more Duke. Broken. They want more Hopkins. Is what they want. <laughs> there's no. There's been less Hopkins and more, more Hyde. Oh, is what I think it is. And like me, when I went out, I I drafted Watson and Hopkins. As you my, expecting? To my, but then I was lucky enough to go out and get Hyde as well. So now I have all three, mm. and I just moved Hyde into my starting lineup as of for next week. I don't think it's that favorable of a matchup, but there's he still. I didn't think this one was going to be. I thought this was going to be more of a pass heavy one, and he tore it up. So. I never know. Yeah, now we, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Now after this week we see he is matchup proof because you figured in a shootout with the Chiefs it would be a lot of Duke Johnson and DeAndre Hopkins, right. but it wasn't, you know. So it was a lot of Carlos Hyde running the ball, controlling the clock, which is a smart way to attack the Chiefs, keep them off the field. Amen. So, uh, but they yeah. have a healthy balance now. O'Brien's got a right. nice because they, they, they have somebody a, who can run. And they have a good off- off- offensive line now. Yeah, we saw um, what Lamar Miller did last year. 
uh, or the last couple of years, he was always right up there. We, nobody ever wanted to, to he, he wasn't glamorous. He wasn't one of those backs, those flashy backs. That yeah. But he was always right there in like the top 15 uh, of rushing yards and, and touchdowns. Uh, and that's what the the role that Carlos Hyde has now just taken over. And as reluctant as we all have been up until this point to realize that or accept it, it's true. We got yeah, we gotta, it's true. You got to take a look in the mirror sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's working his way into that RB one discussion. And you, you know who else for the tight for the Texans? Darren Fells is might be working his way into the weekly tight end two discussion. Wow. He caught six for 69 this week after catching two for 20 yards and two touchdowns last week. Mm-hmm. So two good weeks in a row, back-to-back Darren Fells. If you uh, have a Mark Andrews going on by in a couple weeks or you had uh, Disley get hurt, Fells, uh, Cook, Noah Fant, these are names to look at. And lastly, Will Fuller dropped three or four catchable oh. balls in this one, and two oh. of them would have went for scores. Easily. He's, he'd be such a great player if he could just shore up his butterfingers. Holy mackerel. Those were that one that he tripped on that, like, 75-yarder. Uh, that, yeah. that killed me. And then the other one that went, like, right through his hands. Yeah, like, the other right, one went right through his right hands. Right through his hands. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, dude, you're killing me. <laughs> wow. Yeah, but uh he, he he's still been pretty fantasy relevant all year, but if man, if he wouldn't have had all those drops, he could be like in the top ten right now. Easily, easy, easily. All right, so let's get on to one of the. I'm not going to say surprises of the week, but kind of the surprise of the week for me, and yeah. that was the 49ers and the Rams. Now we knew that the we know the Rams has have got a great defense. We know that they've got a prolific offense, but you know what? They were just outplayed by the 49ers. And uh, that's it's coming to be an every week thing for these one for these 49ers. And yeah. I've got a lot of friends. I'm from the Bay Area. And I've got a lot of people posting, you know, what's up to all the haters out there, all the <laughs> Niner haters. Guess what? We're for real. Um, it, was, uh, it was a pretty awesome game to watch on this one. Um, uh, the 49ers defense, I think, is, is, is the real deal. I think they came to play this one. They held Jared Goff in this one to 78 yards passing, zero touchdowns. Now, they didn't get any interceptions, but they also held the uh, the Rams to 109 yards total rushing. Uh, they held Cooper Cup in check. He only got four catches for 17 yards. And anyone chasing uh, Gerald Everett's numbers from last week, they were really disappointed this week with his two catches for nine yards. <laughs> day. That's still better than Juju Smith-Schuster. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> that really hurts. Uh, Jimmy G looked really good in this one. Uh, stood in the pocket. Uh, without their two offensive starting tackles and without their fullback, they were still able to take and dominate this one, uh, the, I think, the whole game. They really took over this one. They've um, been impressive. He's been efficient. I think there's a real changing of the guard coming out in the NFC West now, although there are four teams that can be relevant. We know the Cardinals are starting to look fantastic. They're starting to maybe hit their stride. Two in a row, uh, offense coming together. I'm not saying I'm not giving them the, 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 the keys to the city right now, but, right. but I think they're starting to click a little bit more. And like you're saying, Patrick Peterson's coming back. If they could just sure up that middle of their defense – uh, they could stick around in a lot more of these. You've got Seattle, which is always there. They're ballers. Yep. And then you got the Rams, who somehow have fallen off. And it is uncharacteristic of these guys. Now. Three in a row, just like the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really kind of weird. 
Uh, I think that they're going to get their stride back. I think they're they're going to hit their, you know, depending upon the, who they play. But we could have two or three teams from this NFC West in the playoff hunt. Uh, so just keep an eye on these guys. Tevin Coleman was the leading rusher for the Niners. 18 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown. And George Kittle stayed relevant again with his eight catches for 103 yards. Playing through the groin injury, too. It was another great game by the 49ers. 6-0. Right? 5-0. Something like that. They had a bye week, so yeah. They, they are 5-0. Yep. They are five undefeated and yep. right now. Them and the Patriots are the only two teams that are undefeated still. And what? And how about Malcolm Brown for filling oh, in for Oh, let's go. Malcolm Gurley. Brown how filled in. He looked good, I'm going to say. Uh, he looked good on this one. Um, but you know, He had 11 carries for 40 yards. But you know who I was yeah. looking at was Henderson. Six carries for 40 yards. For so which he one? Had uh, Malcolm Brown had uh, 40 carries. Oh, jeez. So they both had 40 <laughs> yards, Brown and Henderson. But Henderson had 6.5 yards a carry. Malcolm Brown, 3.6. Yeah, I think Henderson looked really good. Henderson uh, also caught a nine-yard pass. He was uh, juking fools when he caught the ball a few times. Okay. A flip and dip. If you All go right. back and look at some of the, the highlights, uh, he had some moves. Something. Uh, Looked like you <laughs> in my heyday. In my heyday, when I was a little bit taller, a little bit faster, a little bit lighter, uh, that would have been me. Um, so I mean, if if Gurley's going to be out, could this be a two-headed monster? I could see it going to a two-headed monster if he misses any time or if they have to sit him again. Uh, but it's Todd Gurley. I don't think anyone's going to be as efficient as as he is. Let's move on to the Eagles at Vikings. The Vikings are a scary team when Kirk Cousins is actually playing well. About time. Uh, they have the receivers, the running game, and the defense to win a Super Bowl this year. Really, the only question mark all year has been the quarterback position, and the last two weeks, Kirk Cousins has answered all the questions and silenced all the doubters. Last week, it was all Thielen. This week, both Thielen and Diggs were able to eat, with the running game producing as well. Pretty much everything went perfectly for the Vikes in this one. Yeah, I mean, we all knew the talent was there with him. Yep. Uh, and I think it was just more of an offensive coordinator thing. They wanted to run the ball, and it was stupid. You got two like two top ten wide receivers. Why aren't Why are you running the ball? I mean, don't get me wrong, Cook's badass, but there needs to be a way more healthy balance than this one. Madison's doing doing good on the ground as well. As well. Miles Sanders had three catches for eighty six yards and a score in this one, and no other Eagles running back caught a pass. Jordan Howard had thirteen carries. To Sanders is three. It's starting to look like Jordan Howard is the first and second down back, and Miles Sanders is the third down back for the Eagles. It's almost like the Bears last year, where Howard did most of the running and Tariq Cohen did most of the pass catching. We'll see what happens as the season plays out, but it's possible Sanders never takes full control of this backfield his rookie year. Yeah, I think we said something about this. Was it last week or the week before? Is that because he keeps performing so well? There's no way that we we think they're going to get their money's worth. They're going to try to get their money worth while they can. Out of Jordan Howard? Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, why wouldn't you? And then he can learn, uh, Sanders can learn what, you know, through Howard and then finally take over in the second year. So barring any injury, like we said before, I think Sanders is now relegated to that scat back type sec third down back. Yeah, just uh, more of a flex But option. he put up 19 points for me on my bench, so it's like it's but but is he going to do that consistently? Yeah. That was what we talked about and and I can't trust him to right now. So I just don't Plus, know. Plus Sproles was out of this one with a quad injury or a thigh something like that. So that could eat into it as well. Correct. 
Eagles offense, we talked about it earlier, they just couldn't find any rhythm the whole game. It could be they're missing Deshaun Jackson, but I think more than anything, Minnesota just plays lights out defense at home. It's going to be hard for any team to go in there and score a lot of points this year. Yeah, I, I, I don't like any, any time. I mean, but Atlanta played them. They shut down Julio and Calvin Ridley and Sunil. I mean, they just, like you're saying, at home, they're, they're yeah, lights out. Just don't bet against them. Yeah. Uh, I got a barn burner. Actually, we, <laughs> we, we got really it. burned the barn. You had the barn burner. Uh, this was the Titans and the Broncos. This and was the forest fire. Yeah, this was the 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 fire before the forest. <laughs> uh, this was uh, one of the most, I'm not going to say boring games, but it was just nothing really going on. Nobody oh. could really get anything going in this game. The Broncos had 280 total yards offense, and the Titans had 246. Woo. Barn burner. Wakes. How exciting. Uh, I was lucky enough to stream the Denver defense in this one. Uh, I was 12th in my waiver wire order uh, <laughs> and happened to get, I think I went Ravens first and then and then somebody else, and then Denver was my last pick on my defense. And uh, they put up 33 fantasy points for me this weekend with seven sacks, three interceptions, and zero points allowed. Um, it was a great stream. I wouldn't stream them. This week, uh, they've got Kansas City, um, they've got Indy, Cleveland, and then they have a bye, then they have Minnesota, Buffalo, and the Chargers. So I am definitely going to be looking to stream another defense. Don't go pick them up this week. Um, the All three quarterbacks were horrible in this game. Uh, Flacco was 18 for 28, zero touchdowns, one interception. Mariota was 7 for 18 with 63 yards and two interceptions, and Tannehill was 13 for 16. Team for 144 yards and one interceptions. Zero touchdowns by any of... So I guess Tannehill technically had the best numbers. He did have the best, but none of them had any touchdowns in this game. No. Uh, Henry finally had the game that all the haters have been talking about. All the Henry haters out there uh, have been predicting everybody was... You it was know, only a matter of time. It, and see, that's what I'm saying. Everybody was saying it's only a ma- it was only a matter of time that everybody has a, a shitty game. I mean, look right. at Kamara. Kamara exactly. had a shitty game this week. <laughs> everybody has a shitty game, but everybody's saying like, oh, yeah, like, you know, he's, this, they don't use him in the passing game. Yeah, this and that and the other thing. He's still ranked the 15th ranked running back right now in the league, and he's 11th in rushing uh, yeah. over overall. For somebody that you got in the 5th, maybe even in the 6th round, He's definitely returned on his investment. I'm, you know, I'm telling you. Better pick than Joe Mixon. As of right now, he is still ahead of running backs like Lindsey, Kamara, Bell, David Johnson, and Devonta Freeman in rushing right now. So, uh, the next six weeks, he's got Carolina and Jackson and Indy. Those are kind of the challenges. Um, but uh, the other four weeks, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. So I don't think there's any reason that he can't get back on track after this, after these weeks. Carolina, maybe like we were talking about, they're for real. So I would, I'd taper off that, and they always play well against each other. Uh, Jacksonville's defense, you never know what they're going to put up. They could show up. They have been there. Uh, yeah, they've been up and down. And Indy's defense last week was incredible. So uh, when they played against Kansas City, so. That was a, a they could show up for that one or not, but the other four weeks, uh, I don't see a real, I don't see it a problem of him putting up those eighty-seven yards, you know, and possibly a touchdown in those games. And then what about the split in the Broncos' backfield? Looks like it was fifteen carries for Lindsey, eleven for Royce Freeman, with Lindsey playing much better, seventy yards rushing and a touchdown. Again, I wasn't a Lindsey guy, but uh, like with Connor. 
you got to give credit where credit is due, and he is definitely doing the most with his touches. I think Royce Freeman has the most carries of any running back uh, without a touchdown this year. It's a bummer for him. Yeah, sucks. <laughs> he for had him. five catches for forty-two yards in this one, though. That so that's pretty good in PPR. Royce Freeman, that's nine points right there. Uh, Cortland Sutton, though, definitely was m- most of the passing attack offense in this one with for four sure. for seventy-six. And that's what we talked about. Sutton is definitely the number one. Right. Uh, Manuel Sanders. Uh, I love the guy. I wish they would give it to him more. I thought that with uh, Flacco was going to hit his hit his slot guy a lot more, but I think they're trying to get to establish a number one, and uh, it's it's working. Sutton's good. Let's move on to the Cowboys at Jets. Sam Darnold is damn good. His stellar play from this preseason carried over. His pocket movement, touch, his ability to throw on the move are truly special. He just has a good feel for the game of football. I love it. Feeling the football. He just knows how to play quarterback. Everyone who gave up on Robbie Anderson already this year, is probably racing out to go pick him back up right now because <laughs> he went off with Darnold back in the lineup. Same with Jamison Crowder. Uh, makes me excited for the return of Chris Herndon because it looks like the tight end is going to, at the very least, have good quarterback play. Ryan Griffin caught a touchdown today that would have been Herndon's had he had he uh, been out there. So Yeah, I was, um, I w- I'm a, a, Dan, uh, a Sam Darnold truther. Uh, I picked him up in my big pay league, and I've kept him on my bench this whole time because I didn't actually need him. Uh, I thought he was going to take a step forward this year. I was hoping he would have the whole entire season because by now he would be, I think he'd be playing lights out, uh, getting mm-hmm. a, establishing a, a connection with all those guys. Like you said, Robbie Anderson, he yep. still has that burner uh, speed that can always burn you on any any given day, and he's probably good for one of those a week. You know, going forward, why wouldn't you? I mean, at least try one or two of those because he's running outrunning all of them, all your D backs. And if you haven't thought about it yet, um, go ahead and try to go shoot a low ball trade offer for Le'Veon Bell because he's been very disappoint, fairly disappointing up to this point with the poor quarterback play. Now that Donald's back, he should be locked and loaded RB one every week the rest of the season, and maybe the the um, Le'Veon Bell owner is ready to move on from him. Yeah, and with Herndon, like you're saying, and uh, Crowder. Uh, Opening up that the middle of the defenses, I think that opens just up more lanes uh, or takes away some of those uh, linebackers away from the front line so that it does open up more space for for Bell to operate. So I, I think that's a fantastic idea. And now we're starting to cut it close, so let's move along quickly. Without Amari Cooper, this Cowboys offense struggled. Uh, you do have to give some credits, though, to the Jets' defense. They played with great effort all year. Greg Williams has them flying around the field, playing hard, you know, probably paying them to hurt people, whatever. We'll see <laughs> next week against a bad... And I don't... Yeah, yeah, we whatever. We'll see next week against a bad Eagles secondary if Michael Gallup can function as the true number one because I doubt Amari Cooper plays, especially if Rappaport's saying he's in extreme pain. Well, he did, he did a great job all during preseason. He actually looked like the number one. And then last point for this one, both Demarius Thomas and Tavon Austin had good games, but I would not go chasing either guy on the waiver wire uh, unless you're in a super deep league. No. So last game for me is Bengals at Ravens. So actually we're not as short on time as I thought then if this is the last one. Bengals never had a chance in this one. The Ravens ran all over them, and the Bengals had zero answers. They just, it was like last week, the Cardinals, the the broadcasters, 
we're talking about uh, the Bengals defense has a weakness around the ed- setting the edge and that you can you know run uh, off tackle on them with success and David Johnson did that last week and obviously the Ravens must have heard the same thing because they came <laughs> they in watching. and they were running on on the edges with all their backs and quarterbacks and it was just mayhem. Somebody for the taped the game, right? They must have an NFL the, pass or well, something. <laughs> yeah, I th- I'd imagine their coach has a NFL. Red zone. Auden, <laughs> for the Bengals, Auden Tate, he made some very nice plays in this one. He's developing into a rock-solid number three option behind Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green. But he'll never develop into a full-blown number one, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. But you know what? I, I they, they have great pass catchers right now uh, when they get Ross back. Um, oh yeah, Ross as well. So Ross is is yeah. injured. So I mean, is it in their best interest to maybe get get rid of AJ Green and try to get another piece, maybe a lineman or something they like that? They need a lineman for they sure. They need a lineman. So keep that in mind. And I, I've been holding on AJ Green. I just traded him in one league, but I also have him in another league. Uh, it's worth holding on to to see if he's coming back. He's just been cutting. He's been moving. We've seen some video of it. Uh, so you don't know if he's going to be with them or if he's going to go somewhere else. I'm not looking to give up on Joe Mixon quite yet, but things are not looking good. He's finding zero running room behind the shaky offensive line. At this point, he's become a touchdown-dependent RB2. Yeah, that's what we, we, we touched on that before. We, uh, when we were saying when yeah. all those guys were getting hurt. Uh, and when I drafted him in, like, what, I think this third round? Let's hope it was the third, not the second. I remember thinking, like, oh, his what O-line. What did I just do? No, I was like, his O-line, I don't know. But I was like, well, they use him in the passing game, so I drafted him. But he's been pretty disappointing so far. Last takeaway from this one, we've all seen the video. We've all seen the Mark Andrews hurdle fumble. He tried to hurdle the defender, and the ball went popping up in the air. He did have that one crucial mistake, but otherwise he killed it, man. And he's really looking like, it's looking like, he and Hollywood Brown are the only players to own, or only pass catchers to own in Baltimore. Yeah. Until they get uh, justice in there, uh, I agree. Until they get him more involved in the passing game, but I guess they're holding him got. That would be smart. Yeah. Well, that's all for our week six takeaways. Yep. Uh, we do not, uh, it's not, <laughs> we have never done it before. But we're going to do our Monday Night Football preview Preview. next. So just hang around for a little bit, folks. We're not done quite yet. Monday preview. Blah. Tonight is Monday Night Football with the Green Bay Packers at Detroit Lions. Let's preview it for them. Preview. Preview. So what are we going to look for tonight? Uh, we're looking at this wonderful pass defense of the Detroit Lions. Uh, as of right now, they are 80.3 in passer rating. That's fifth in the league. And they are only allowing 58.2% completion rate. So that's third. They've got seven interceptions uh, going into before this weekend, obviously, which would tie them for second. So they're going up against that Aaron Rodgers prolific passing offense, which without Devontae Adams, isn't so prolific. More of an Aaron Jones ground and pound offense. That's right. So that leads us to believe that can Aaron Jones, that's the big question for tonight, is can Aaron Jones continue to dominate out of the backfield? So last week he was uh, had 107 yards, four touchdowns, which equated to a 5.6 yards per carry. 
he got eight targets and seven catches for 75 yards as well. So he had a huge game last year, last week, excuse huge me. Huge game. Huge. Uh, as of right now, he's got 302 yards rushing with eight touchdowns and 3.9 yards per carry. Uh, and he actually caused or, or forced 10 missed tackles in week five. So that's going to be the big key for them is getting that run game established. Um, we know that Detroit's got those the two back corners that are fantastic that can hold down these the, – because no one's really established themselves, I don't think. Jimmy Graham's probably the the uh, best pass catcher or the most uh, – Dangerous. Dangerous and, and consistent up until this point right now. Yeah, MVS has been disappointing. Horribly disappointing. And Geronimo. Uh, right. So and you pick up one, you think one's going to have a good game, the other one doesn't. And so it's not really, you know, it's maybe it's Kumakrao or Kumakrao or Kumakrao. Uh, as far as on the offensive side of the ball right now, they're going to try, I think they're going to try to get, um, the Lions, the carry on Johnson going on, on the Lions side. Yep. Uh, but unfortunately right now he's averaging 3.9 yards per carry, which is the same as, as Aaron Jones, but uh, that's tied for 21st. Um, tied with Jones. Uh, that's right. <laughs> they're, they're getting about 120.5 yards per game, which is 13th right now. Carryon Johnson has 251 yards, one touchdown, and he's averaging 3.4 uh, yards per carry right now. The offense is, I guess, total offense for, for them, which was the 3.9 yards. Mm. Uh, so that'd probably be Stafford throwing in there and any of the other wonderful little running backs that they've got going on. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I think this the Green Bay defense has stepped up, and they're actually for real. They've actually had some really good games the first couple weeks, and the last two games have been kind of disappointing. Um, so you never know which which face of the defense you're going to get. Yeah, but, Mike Pettin, come on. But this is a defensive, uh, this is a, a, a divisional game here for them. So I, I assume that they're going to step up and play really well. Um, I do think that the Green Bay defense is, I mean, Green Bay is going to win this one. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'll take Green Bay to win it. I think their defense, I think they're just a little bit better on both sides of the ball. But with the injury to Devontae Adams, that evens out the playing field a little bit more. The Lions definitely could take this one, especially playing at home. Stafford's been playing phenomenal this year. I think it's kind of been under the radar, or at least he's been playing pretty good, you know? Yeah. Um, at the very, That's the best way to put it. Carry on Johnson, yeah, he has... Uh, 251 rushing yards, one touchdown, 3.4 yards of carry. Pretty underwhelming numbers on paper, but the first couple of games, uh, C.J. Anderson was there taking reps from him. So really the last couple weeks, he's just now starting to take full control of the backfield. So I wouldn't worry about that. I was just looking at today, potentially trying to trade for him. Whoa, look at you go, boy. Carry on, my wayward son. Because I realize now with Eckler out and Mixon being a bust, I need a running back in our league. You. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. So uh, I think that this one and this one, the tight ends probably will play a huge role in this game. Uh, I think Hawkinson is might be a sleeper in this one. Uh, I would be trying to take out. Hopefully not, because he just got cleared from his concussion protocol. Ah, So if I was the Green Bay defense, I'd be trying to take out Marvin Jones and... And put him to sleep. And put him to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and take out their two big wide receivers, and that would be my focus on this one. Um, and let the D line, my D line, just go ahead and handle Carry On Johnson. So that might open up the middle. But you got uh, Martinez in there in the middle there, 
uh, who's a beast. Mr. Martinez. He's number two or number three right now in tackles uh, in fantasy football. Um, So I I give the slight edge to the Green Bay Packers in this one, but like you're saying, it it could go either way. Absolutely. Well, that's all for this week, folks. Another episode in the books, week six takeaways. Thank you all again for listening, sharing, subscribing. Uh, Thanks again to those of you who have reached out to us on Twitter. If you have not yet, go ahead, shoot us any kind of question, or if you just want to show us some love, whatever, tweet at us at B-O-A-B Sports. Um, You could email us at B-O-A-B Sports at Yahoo.com, and then uh, follow us on personal Twitters, Fritz is Fritz underscore TFFA, the fantasy football architect. And he gets a lot of pop on there. I see, Boom! I see him posing questions, and he gets answers. Um, and then I'm OG, at OG Willikers, a little less fantasy football focused, but that's my personal one. But music! But music off the wazoo. Uh, so that's all for this week. Thanks again. I will be back next week for sure with week seven takeaways. And uh, that's that on that. Good luck, everybody. Good luck. Let's see. uh, We'll see you next week. We out.